Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 110 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Well, having partners in your business or to advance your ideas is great until it's not. But we're going to talk about what you need to know before you form a partnership. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello, and thanks for joining us. It's so fun to be with you. This is your co-host for the Reinventure Me podcast, Larry Gates, and I'm here with... Armin Asadi. Hello, Armin. How are you, sir? I am uh, doing well, and you know, I think I say that every time we get together. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. We need some consistency in this podcast. Well, you know, we did do what to do about a bad day. (laughs) That's right. But listen, this is the podcast for what's next in life, and we want to help you explore new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures you were made to pursue. It's because this is the... Reinventure Me podcast. And you'll find the show notes at reinventure.me backslash 110. We are a well-oiled machine right. here, Armin. We've done this a few times. <laughs> That's good. We have done it a few times. You know, Armin and I, the other thing we've done a few times, Armin, <laughs> is that we formed businesses with partners. Oh, my gosh. Floundering was, ones, good ones, bad ones, yeah, yeah. all of them. <laughs> I was trying to actually do a count in my head. I kind of lost track. And as many times as we talk about just general ideas on this show uh, that can help you think through maybe a new job change or whatever, not everybody that listens is an entrepreneur. Right. Not everybody's going to form a business or form one with partners. But even if you are not any of that and you don't have any plans for that, we think that you'll enjoy this show because yeah. in some ways it's going to be a look inside the the lives of those of us who have and are, and also you might pick up a few things too that might help you, even as it might relate to advancing your idea, even if it isn't in the formal way in terms of forming a partnership in a business, you might want to form a partnership just to get an idea off the ground. You might want to have some volunteers help you in a nonprofit or Mm -hmm. your church or whatever. And sometimes people uniting together to do stuff basically is a a partnership. We're going to talk about the more the formal version of that in a business. But this topic, I think, could apply to anybody. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I use these same principles when I would decide to launch a small group or life group or whatever you call them within a church. I would use these same principles, same questions to say, is this a person I want to spend the next four months of my life leading a group with? Yeah, no, I know you have a long (laughs) list of questions that you put in front of your partner's minds a little bit shorter, but we'll, we'll get through as many as we can that we think are helpful. We're going to wing a little bit of that today with you, yeah. but I'm kind of curious before we start, the most important partnership, you know, that you probably have formed is the one with your wife. I'm wondering. Uh, or husband, you, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean you, I'm talking about <laughs> oh, you. <yeah. laughs> I don't telling, have a husband. <laughs> unless you're telling <laughs> <Clarifying>. me something. <laughs> so I was just kind of curious whether you, you had similar questions and you're thinking about Ashley. I, I certainly know that 
long time ago now, back to my age thing here. Sure. <laughs> I, I didn't have these for Anna, so I didn't funny, know. Funny it, story. It if you listen to Ashley tell the story, I, it was probably the least romantic courting process <laughs> known to date other than arranged marriages, right? Uh-huh. So for the first three weeks, it was basically me interviewing her. So imagine this list of questions I sent you on crack and steroids. Oh, my goodness. And it was literally a three-week interview process to figure out, should we date? You know, you you reminded me of a time when my family and I were out to lunch after church, and we saw this guy and this gal sitting at a table, one of these high tables, you know. And it was very clear it was kind of a first date for him because he had a stack of cards that he kept kind of under the table. No. (laughs) The questions that he would look at to to ask (laughs) his date. It kind of reminded me uh, when you said that. All right. It was not like that. (laughs) (laughs) They were right out on the table. Is that what you're saying? No, I got game. (laughs) I was a a wooer. You are a wooer. (laughs) Well. I was just taking dating very seriously. I was trying to stop the cycle of dating many many women i wanted to get serious and yeah. hence the interview process which she appreciated yeah, i think we might have an episode in the making here on that whole topic but let's get back into this one here because we are talking about forming partnerships and you probably well i mean i know you have you picked out a good inspire me so yeah. lay it on us all right so it's from janine og and joe foster who are two moms that help other moms become entrepreneurs and they're just really two cool ladies that are really exciting women to listen to. And a lot of moms go to them. And one of the quotes that they're known for, it says, just one great partnership with the right person can have an incredible impact on your business success. And the reason I picked that is because it's, well, accurate it's and true. true. It's true. <laughs> and the flip side of it is just, you pick the wrong partner and you can... <laughs> Devastation. Uh, you, you, well, I mean, that's part of what we're going to talk about here. Right. You know, there's all kinds of challenges that come with that. But this idea of partnerships in business is not unusual. In fact, I went out to the Census Bureau and found the 2012 statistics. There are 27 million firms in the U.S., and 15 million of them have more than one owner. So that's 54% of businesses in the U.S. are multi-owner businesses. This is off-topic or rabbit trail, but do you know if all the partners are active partners or is it like, are they silent partners or does it break it down? No, it doesn't. It, the stats didn't break it down whether they're active or, or silent or what kind of role they had, just that they're owners, multi-owner businesses. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And and certainly what we're going to be dealing with here are more of the active partners right. uh, unless, unless the expectations are active, but they're actually not. Right. <laughs> There's those silent then, partners that won't stay <laughs> silent. <laughs> or some partners that you wish would. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things about partnerships. And of course, you know, you, we could probably hold, have a whole podcast series just around dealing with business partnership. Yeah. But we want to kind of hit the surface at, well, a little bit at the surface level, but enough that hopefully gives you something to think about if you are considering going into partnership or maybe you're in partnership and you want to reevaluate that with your partners. And there might be something for us to do a little bit later about a survival guide if you are in a toxic partnership. But for now, we want to just set the table with some things that you need to know about partnerships. And, you know, first of all, as the quote from Janine Og and Joe Foster pointed out, partnerships can be extremely, extremely valuable. A lot of reasons for that, right, Armin? Yeah, I mean, 
So partnership for me, I'll just say one of my reasons is that I don't want to be the jack of all trades and I don't like multitasking. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I am terrible at is finance. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of businesses I can outsource that, but the types of businesses I start or have started thus far, they are fundamental to the business. So I need a finance partner, mm -hmm. right? So for me, it's, it's just a it's very valuable because it helps me focus on what I need to focus on and bring someone else that can focus on another essential part of the business that would not make the business work outside of it. If I could outsource it, I would, but sometimes you just can't. Yeah. Well, that's right. And I think that's a good reason to bring in a partner is to complement your skill set and allow the business to be more successful because you know you don't have a core need that the business would right. have in order to be successful. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's clearly one of the things that you want to do. I like having a partner in the business to help share the load because while I have no problem thinking and envisioning where the business ought to go, I know that if I do that long enough, I, I, I just stew in my own juices. So I need right. some help from someone who also shares the burden of it, can help think through where that ought to go, but also helps sharpen my thinking and extend how I think broadens and challenges my thinking. Right. And it gives you a different perspective to view things in a way that you typically wouldn't. Here's a, another thing I like about partnerships is you always need that guy who helps you not drink your own Kool-Aid. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, because it's so easy to you, you spend so much time selling your business that eventually you sell yourself and you realize too late that maybe you sold, sold yourself on something that's not reality. You sold yourself on hype. So it's always good to even have a partner that you know, there's the visionary and then there's the pragmatist, sometimes even those types well, of things. Well, I I like to liken that, and I think we've talked about this metaphor before, the kite and the string. Yeah, You, know, yeah. you need the visionary kite, yeah. but you need to be grounded by somebody like your finance guy, probably, right, <laughs> right who's saying, hey, uh, let's just rethink that one a little bit here, you know? And they're the string, right? right and yeah. and a kite can't fly without a string, right. and a string laying on the ground isn't very interesting. Right. So you really need both of those working together, and, and both of those attributes, and we'll talk later about this, but I think one of the real challenges that people get into when they think about a partnership is they want somebody that looks like them right as opposed to thinking about all right i need somebody he to tells me all me. my ideas are so good i like it right it's, it's it is kind of like courting right, right. <laughs> you, you like you like the gal who laughs at all your jokes <laughs> that doesn't work out it makes me feel good about myself right. <laughs> right well i don't think when you enter into a partnership you want necessarily somebody who makes you feel good about yourself as much as somebody who brings the best out of you mm-hmm and that's, I think, a, a key thing here. So there's a lot of reasons why partnerships can be extremely valuable. They help you extend your thinking, can share the burden. They broaden your reach. You right. know, you bring some more people into the firm. They have their network right. and their connections and their ability to connect the dots and bring things sure. together. That's exciting. And it makes it bigger. Yeah, it could be a force multiplier. Yeah, right. Yep. It's a party. Come on in. That's right. <laughs> Anybody who wants a piece of this pie, come on in. All right. So partnerships can be extremely, extremely valuable. They can really move things along very quickly. Right. And on the opposite side, on the opposite side, they can be extremely taxing and make right. miserable hell for you. Yes. Because things can go wrong in a hurry. Abs yeah, absolutely. And and I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is because, oh, we're good friends that the good friends idea makes it good partners yes or hey we did good together in this group obviously we'd be good together in business there's a lot of assumptions people make that they'd be good together based on some exchange or interaction that they've had before but 
partnerships are very different than any other types of relationships. Oh, they the really part, are. You know, and you can't you can't make those assumptions unless you. That's why you have to ask very pointed, direct, and real questions yes. before getting into a partnership. Hence, this episode. Yes, you can make friends out of partnerships, but you often lose friends, friends. in partnerships. That's right. It's it, so true. It is, and that's just the reality of it. And and if you're considering going into business with your friends. And then just really ask the question, would I be all right if they weren't my friend in another three years? Right. I mean, how important is that friendship? Because you can grow. It's not to say that they're all going to end up that way. Right. But you do need to know that a lot of times they do. Yep. That's, yeah, it's right on. It, it, you know, it's kind of like, the, <laughs> it's made me think about this, the six phases of a project. You know, I don't know if you ever saw this, but, no. you know, phase one is you move into something with enthusiasm and everybody's all excited, you know, all the sure. possibilities, right? And then you move into phase two where disillusionment starts to kick in, right? <laughs> Things aren't quite going according to vision. Right. You know, it's not quite, you know, I'm starting to see that they're not holding up their end of the deal or right. whatever, or business isn't coming in as fast as we might like. And so we move into the third phase and that's panic you know we're like we're in serious trouble here what do we do (laughs) you know and then the fourth phase of the project is a search for the guilty you You gotta blame somebody (laughs) it's It's not not my fault and here's the that's the point it's always a they right (laughs) it's always a they and and when you're in partnership there's so many times that you focus on what somebody else is or is not doing totally and very little on what your contribution might be to uh, maybe even create that dynamic and behavior in the other person so yes so phase four is your search for the guilty phase five punishment of the innocent you know (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i don't even want to talk about this one (laughs) well you know and and that's when you take the problems of your business and the challenges you might have with your partner and you bring them home and you put them out on your family yeah especially when you're the one to blame but you don't want to accept the blame so you go home and take it out on your wife or husband (laughs) yeah exactly or or your friends or you know whatever (laughs) you suck i don't know why but you suck (laughs) great job being a husband right there yeah and of course the final phase in that you know six phases of a project that's kind of funny is is that there's praise and honor for the the non-participants you know those who were never really part of it at all anyway quiet never said anything great job yeah (laughs) and i think maybe that's just a way of deflecting your your anger about what might have might have happened and who's to fault, but I'm not exactly sure how that fits into a business setting. But for some reason, it just made <laughs> me think about the six phases of project. You know, it, everything when you form a business, you're moving into it with so much enthusiasm, totally, right? And, yeah. Why else would you do it if you didn't? Well, have it's the it's kind of like marriage, right? You're right. just you're just punch drunk with love, you know. Right. And it's like, oh, this is going to be great, and you never really consider all of the possible downsides right right and that's part of what i think we want to address in this episode without you know being so morbid as to sound like you know all of these are going to end up in failure because obviously they don't they're great partnerships and i've had some that have been very very helpful but also there's a lot of times when they just don't end up the way you like i mean even if a business is successful doesn't mean the partnership will be Right. I mean, that's right. There's tons of businesses we can list off that have been successful, but the partnerships weren't. Yeah. You know, just because the business is successful, that's not a sign of a healthy partnership. So you could have a healthy business and have a successful business, but you could lose a lot of your sanity in the process. I'm not saying that a successful business is contingent on a healthy partnership, but I'm saying a successful lifestyle is going to be contingent on a healthy partnership, not just a successful business. Right. I think this conversation is really necessary regardless of the business being successful or not. Yeah. And when you start a business and you're thinking about all of the things that you can do and 
you've got that enthusiasm and you're looking at your partners and you're, you're going, yeah, this is a great fit. It isn't that there's a problem in your assessment at that time. It may be absolutely accurate, but the fact of the matter is in any partnership, business changes and people change and their aspirations change. And so even if you started with what was a healthy analysis of a partnership and it seems all good to begin with and, and, uh, you know, you've done all the kind of premarital counseling and you've thought through all these questions, right? The fact of the matter is people's choices in life, their lifestyles, what they're looking for, even what they do, how they want to continue with something, their interests, all those things can change and create stress on a partnership. And oftentimes you may not even be aware of it. That's true. Until it's too late. Until (laughs) until something boils over. Yeah. Until something boils over. Well, there's a number of mechanisms that, you know, any attorney that might be helping you, advising you in setting up your business will help you think through some of these things. There's a number of things that you can do right up at the very beginning when you set up your business. One is a simple buy-sell, or sometimes it's called a member control agreement. And you can think about this as a prenuptial agreement for partnerships, right? Exactly. And basically, you're just going to say, well, when this goes bad, what happens, right? right? One of the biggest mistakes, Armin, I think that people would tell you is made in partnerships is that that early enthusiasm is never codified into a written document, right? Mm-hmm. And if you start a partnership, then you really need to think through it, especially while everyone's in agreement. Right. <laughs> Agree how you're going to handle the disagreements yeah. and how you're going to handle change of control, things that happen yeah. that you may not expect. That's what a buy-sell or a member control agreement does. It covers you know, what happens in death or withdrawal of a partner. Somebody wants to leave, do you offer them the option to retain their shares? Do they have to exercise in a non-compete agreement? Do they have to sell their shares back to the company? Can they, can they turn them over or sell them to a third party? Does a company get right of first refusal? Can they sell them to another person in the partnership as opposed to the company? I mean, all those questions have to be addressed. What's the value of the business? I mean, how right. do I exit? You know, and, yeah. and can I get out? And do I get anything if I do? How are you going to handle disputes? What are the tax implications? How are you going to handle Rules all that? Engagement. All that stuff. Yeah. And then you have to figure out how you're going to capitalize the company. Who's putting in what? How do they get compensated for that? Do they get more shares? Is that written into the balance sheet for something due to them later? Is there a distribution? How are those going to be handled? Sure. Lots of questions up front. And any good attorney, business attorney, can you know they're well-versed in all this, can help guide you through it. But you do need to know about it. And there's a lot of questions that you might not think about. So before you enter into something like this, it's good to get the counsel of a good business attorney or at least go out and uh, and yeah. do a lot of research on buy-sell agreements and some of the things that are in there. Yeah. And if you're an entrepreneur or someone who wants to start a business but can't afford a lawyer up front, just because it's not uncommon that all the money you have, you're putting it towards the business to make it work or build it. The beauty of the year that we're in right now, there's, there's so much information out there right now. Even business attorneys are putting all their proprietary blah, blah, blah information out there. And they're they're literally putting their knowledge, they're putting their expertise just out on their blogs or wherever else that they have it just because they want people to see that, hey, I'm really credible and I know what I'm talking about. But that content that they're putting out there for free for you to look at, view, or read, 
that's the content that you would pay a lawyer a couple hundred dollars for for an hour to do that sure. with you. So mm-hmm. if you can't afford it, there's plenty of content out there. Yep. Just find it and make sure that they're credible and use that as at least the foundational part of the conversation to just cover some of those questions. Yeah. Now you have done that in your partnerships. What are some of the questions that you find are important for somebody to consider? So my, my partners and I, we, we've, we were in a business prior to this business that we're in. And so we kind of jumped into this next business thinking, oh, we've already proven ourselves as partners that we can get along and blah, 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 blah. So we made a lot of assumptions, right? <laughs> Until things went wrong. Mm-hmm. And then so two years into the relationship, we had, to, we had to start from the very basics. And the first question I asked them was, are we right partners for this specific business? Mm-hmm. Right? And it was a very encouraging conversation for us to have. But at the same time, we literally had to start it at the very basic level of the situation that we were in. So that was one of my first questions I asked is, are we right for this? Yeah, that's and it's a great question on so many levels because you want to you want to ask that question around competencies, right? Have you right. got the right skill set, the right people, yeah. but also are you in the right stage of life where you share the same values? Do you have the same ways in which you'll show respect to one another? For instance, do you have common sense of purpose? Are you committed at the same degree? You know, if somebody's saying, Hey, yeah, I'm in this, but you can tell that they're distracted by so many other things going on in their life or whatever, that they're not able to give it the attention that you're going to give it and you're expecting them to give, then there's a misalignment, you know? So it's a great question. So what would you ask? But a really important one for me, because I know that when partnerships have, have had challenges in my world. It's how do they handle conflict? Sure. Yeah. And I love to know that question before I form a partnership with somebody, because I like to just check that, you know, when there's a disagreement, do they get big, you know, and have to have their way or do they uh, conversely maybe swallow it and stuff it inside of them and never, you never really know what's going on and it might come out sideways in some other way. Yeah. And when they you know, legitimately bring something to the table. How is that handled? How is that ever resolved? Yeah. I have a very direct style of conflict management and I like that obviously and other people, Yeah, but that isn't always the case. And so you have to find out where people at, what are their aspirations and and how do they handle disappointment, missed expectations, all of that stuff. How do they communicate? Those are important to me. Yeah. And if you're on the receiving end of that question, I think what what happens is sometimes you'd like to paint a better picture of how you handle conflict than what is reality. But at the end of the day, just know that you're kind of doing a disservice to yourself, to the other people involved and to the business itself. If you can paint a very real picture of how that conflict is actually going to occur, it helps each of you get into this partnership knowing, okay, here's what's going to happen and allowing these other people or that other person that's getting involved with you to make that decision whether they really want to be in this with you or not or vice versa. Well, here's a here's a Jedi master tip. Yeah. <laughs> Jedi it up. <laughs> you will never fully get somebody's answer or correct answer if you ask them how they handle conflict sure, because yeah. people self-perceive themselves. Yeah. Even the way I just described it to you probably sounded better yeah. than others might describe it that have experienced it. So you have to do one or two things. One is you either have enough knowledge of them that you've experienced it yourself and you're comfortable with that because that's your personal experience and that's best. Right. The second is if you have an opportunity to 
talk to somebody who has likely experienced it like their spouse, Yeah, you know, and just say, Hey, this is important. Would you mind if I have a conversation with your spouse about how you handle conflict? Right. I kind of awkward, but it's, it, it is, but very necessary at times. Well, you, you know, if your spouse can, can say, you know, here's where I think they do well. And here's the things that have bothered me. You can at least make some judgment calls as to whether that's the case. Now, Many people would not want to open up and let their spouse speak to a prospective business owner. But I think there's a lot of wisdom in that from the sense that I think it's good for spouses to see who their spouse is going into a partnership with. Because I have found on more occasions that the people that I've talked to who went into business with other people, Mm -hmm. uh, on several occasions here (laughs) where... They have said, if I'd only listened to my wife about that, they were very intuitive about this person and can tell maybe something's off there. A lot of times your spouse doesn't have the emotional hype around the business idea as much as you do. And so they might have a different perspective and a clearer sense of judgment around the partnership. Yeah. And, And perhaps you're not married, but there might be somebody else who's had enough experience with them that could give you some insight as to how they handle conflict. What else would you talk right. about? So I, I would ask the question, do they bring a necessary core competency? So I, as I was talking about earlier, I, you don't you don't want me being a CFO of any company unless you want it to die. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I, so as I was talking, I always look for that CFO type figure if, if, it's, if it's a core aspect of the business, right? Yep. And I can't just simply outsource it to like an accountant or something like that. So Making that the question is, do they bring a necessary core competency to this partnership or are they just another you? Yeah. And that's related to one of the ones that I look at as well, which is, you know, are they complimenting you? So there's two things, right? Sure. Are they bringing something that I can't outsource? You Mm -hmm. know, sometimes we just want to enter into a partnership and it's convenient. Right. But less work. Yeah, it's less work. But frankly, if they don't bring something that's core that you couldn't just outsource and get that's more or less commodity. Yeah. I think you'd be foolish to enter into a partnership with somebody that can provide you a commodity service. I think you should bring somebody in who's really core and central to your business is really going to advance it. And if you don't know who that is yet, wait. You've got a good idea. Wait for the right person. They'll come along. But I do like the the idea of finding somebody who's going to complement what you do because I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make is we end up looking for people that look like us. Right. And we don't want people who are going to challenge us. Yeah, that's probably one of the worst mistakes that you can make. Yeah. Because you never hear the other side of it, whatever that problem might be, the opportunity might be, or whatever it is. If you don't have a different voice in the room with you. Yep. Now, you just recently went through with your partners a reevaluation of the partnership and, and who's, you know, all these questions that we've been talking about, you already went through with your partners, right? Yeah. So, what question did you guys end up chewing on the most? that maybe created the most amount of anxiety or stress or conversation at least? So I'm actually looking through the list of questions I I asked. And I think the one that we got stuck on was the fifth question I had because there's so many sub points to it was what are expectations? Mm -hmm. We probably together for three hours and I would say that took up about an hour of our conversation. Just, just that question. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just expectations short-term, long-term of the business, but it's expectations of each person and how to handle, 
like what are the boundaries that we have set and how do we see ourselves moving forward and what role each person play, how are decisions made? And it was just a lot of clarifying questions of expectations of each other in the business. And that took a long time. And and we we barely scratched the surface. Just Yeah. And of course, the more people you have, the longer that conversation takes. I remember it took me probably about four months when I first started my company, I brought a partner on about two months in, two or three months in, but it took about four months from the first conversation we had about it before we said, okay, yeah, I think we've done enough due diligence with each (laughs) other that that we can probably find some value in doing that. And for me, he was really valuable in the sense at the very beginning because he knew a lot about the skill set that I needed to bring into the company in order to do what we were going to be doing, which I didn't personally have. So he brought that core competency in some life situation for him. A little bit later, he decided he was going to leave his family and go off and have an affair and leave the business and move to another state. Uh, And I find this out one morning when he drops into my office and tells me he's going to take the client that he's working for and go do his thing, which was like a bombshell. But those kinds of things happen in partnerships. I told you about life change, right? Aspirations, desires, all kinds of things change. And sometimes you have no clue it's coming. And yeah, I don't big, know how you predict something like that. You again. can't. And there was no way to predict it. Yeah. <laughs> there was no way to predict that one. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you have a whole list of a lot of great questions here. I'm going to suggest that we make this list available on our show notes Thanks. so that we'll just create a download for it. Okay. And then that way, if, if you're okay with that. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, we'll clean that up a little bit and okay. we'll we'll make that available for our listeners because there's a lot of stuff they can go through here. But there is one topic I want to I want to talk about for just a few minutes sure. while, while we got the end here because... You know, you and I are both Christians, and a, a number of our listeners are Christians as well. And I know that this question about, you know, should you go into partnership with somebody who's also not a Christian, you know, who's right. not a believer, and the Bible talks about being unequally yoked, or, right? And, and making sure that we're equally yoked. Sure. Of course, that Bible passage is about marriage; it's not about going into business partnerships. Sure. Yeah. But you know, certainly, it's an ideal principle that a lot of believers. Think, right. Yep, this is this is the bar I want to set yeah. when I go into business. I, I want to aspire to that level of integrity and have common cause and purpose and all of that. So we need to talk about this a little bit because I think there's some pitfalls there too, aren't there? Yeah, well, yeah, so there are pitfalls in any situation. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I say that because I've seen a number of those as well. You know, some of the challenges I think that you can get into when you do that is you can assume that your partner, your prospective partner has the same values just because they say they're a Christian, that you assume that, hey, their their values are the same. But you know what? When you have common language, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have common action. Right. You know, you cannot necessarily expect that's going to happen. So all the things we talked about before are valid regardless. And the key thing is, while it's great to go into a relationship in a in a business setting with another believer, don't necessarily just assume because they are that all of those other things we talked about uh, don't need to be discussed because they right. do. Yeah. I think it's probably one of the worst assumptions you can make is just because we're the same faith that somehow all our morals and ethics and values will magically line up because we read the same book. Yeah. And so, and sometimes it goes the opposite way. I mean, because you know, that book that we read is full of grace, right? It's saying, yeah. Hey, Take the position of serving someone rather than lording over them. You know, give people some slack. Basically, that's what grace is, giving people slack. Well, the problem, of course, is that 
sometimes that can be abused, and it's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer called cheap grace. And so we can just assume that, hey, uh, they're going to cut me slack, and I don't really need to pull my end of it because they're a Christian, and they'll they'll let me get away with all this stuff. I'll tell you what, you need to come at this level-headed and not make any assumptions. And I guess that's the caveat at the end of this episode that I wanted to just put out on the table. So I'm curious, what what is your thoughts of being in business with someone who is not Christian and you are a Christian. I've done both. I've been in both. Yeah. And, and I find that if you can agree on the values and how you're going to work and operate, I've not seen any different challenge in either one, Right. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. That I, makes sense. I, I just issue a caution about making some assumptions. Right. Just because you might share a faith doesn't necessarily mean you share the values of how you're going to operate the business. You almost go through more due diligence when your separate or different faiths. So I, I, just for the sake of transparency, my, my business partner is Muslim. The other one is Christian. But I would say my, my business partner, who is Muslim, is probably one of the most grace-filled, most authentic, most caring, compassionate, sympathetic human beings I've ever met. Mm-hmm. I, I think he comes across as more of a Christian than most Christians I meet. <laughs> right? And so obviously just from the way I, I do business right now with my partner, who he is, like yeah. I, I wouldn't hesitate. Just it depends on the person. Right. I, I don't think your faith. Yeah. And so I think the whole point of this episode is really just to do your due diligence when you get into a partnership because it can be both exhilarating and, yeah. and really bring success for you, but it also can be very taxing and one of those things that can be difficult to unwind. Right. Well, Armin, we probably need a challenge here because we're running late on the show. <laughs> As we always do. As we always do. <laughs> so here's the challenge. Have this meeting that we're talking about with these questions and cover all these topics before, keyword, before you get into an official partnership. Don't wait to have these conversations once there's money, sacrifice, assumptions, etc. that have been made because at that point, everything gets so much more challenging and the conversation gets so much more emotional. Just do it before the emotion kicks in. Yeah, we'll do it while you have the enthusiasm of the partnership. That's exactly right. Indeed. Well, that's all the time we have for you today, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. We would love for you to leave us a comment on our show notes at reinventure.me slash 110 or call our show line at 612-314-5447. Armin, you know what else we would love? Yes, what? We would love for them to take a moment, uh, just uh, two minutes, to go to reinventure.me slash iTunes and leave a rating and type up a just a one-sentence review. Just let us know what you think of the show. That would be just so awesome. It totally would be. It would be. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. 